Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's podcast. Thank you so much for checking us out. My name is Jabin. I'm the pastor of City Light Church, and along with my wife, Shannon, we have just recently moved to Las Vegas, Nevada uh, to plant this church, and we are so excited about it. Thank you for everyone who is uh, subscribing to this podcast. Thank you to everyone who is praying for us and who is with us in spirit as we begin this new journey of faith. We feel your prayers, we feel your support, and we are so grateful for it. Hey, today, before we get in the Word, if uh, if my ministry has in any way been a blessing to you, um, I would just ask you to prayerfully consider uh, maybe sending a gift to City Light Church as we begin this journey. Um, we are officially starting with Sunday gatherings um, starting in January of 2018. Right now, we have begun a Monday night gathering for all of our launch teams, and this is such a huge and crucial part of the plan as we begin to buy equipment, as we begin to um, prepare our budgets and just really think through everything that God has for us. And again, if this blessing, if this ministry has been a blessing to you, we would ask you uh, to consider uh, doing something. No gift is too small or too large, and every dollar you give is going into the mission and vision of City Light Church. And every dollar you give is going to reach people for Jesus. So check us out at citylightvegas.com or on all our social media um, platforms at City Light Vegas and um, would uh, be so honored uh, by your partnership. Today, I want to talk um, about something that is so crucial, maybe the most important thing that I ever talk about. Um, the vision of City Light is very simple. It's to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We want to help people know God. We want to help people find freedom. We want to help people discover their purpose, and we want to help people make a difference. That is really the dream, the vision, the mission of our church. And today I want to talk about knowing God. Um, and I want to say that this, to me, is the absolute foundation of your life. Knowing God, knowing who God is, not just knowing about God, but having a personal relationship with God. We've heard it over and over again, right? That that Christianity is not about religion. It's not about rules. It's about relationship. And honestly, it really is. But for that to be true, we must really know who God is. And I want to give you the foundation of my life found in Psalm 119, verse 68. Uh, this scripture changed me. It changed how I saw God. It changed my ministry. It changed how I worshiped. It changed how I prayed. And it's uh, right here, Psalm 119, 68. It says this, you, O Lord, are good and only do good. You, O Lord, are good and you only do good. This is the foundation of my life. God is good and he only does good. And from that place, from that revelation, from that truth, um, you will worship, you will pray, you will serve, you will live, you will give. I want to talk today from the subject. What do we talk about when we talk about God? What do you talk about? 
when you talk about God? What do you think about when you think about God? What words come to mind when your mind is on God? And I pray by the help of the Holy Spirit today, we um, are radically changed by his goodness and by his grace. Uh, you know, when I got saved, I got saved as a church kid. I was um, just a teenager. It was um, June 1998. And though I was very religious and knew a lot about church and knew a lot about um, kind of how to act in church and be in church, etc., um, I really did not have a God consciousness. I didn't, I didn't think about God. I didn't, I, you know, it, it just wasn't relevant to me. I didn't think about heaven. I didn't think about hell. I didn't, I didn't think about God except when I was at church. And even then I would just check out. And, and so I really had no concept of, of God. It, it just didn't, it, it just didn't, I don't know. It just wasn't part of, of, of who I was or how I thought. But when I got saved, I mean, I really got gloriously saved. Jesus changed me. Jesus uh, just radically turned my life around. I can't explain it, but uh, I, I really do know what that Old Testament scripture means when it says salvation is of the Lord. Um, salvation belongs to the Lord. I mean, I, I wasn't looking for God, but man, I guess he was looking for me. I I know that before I ever called upon the name of Jesus, he, he definitely called upon my name. And, and Jesus, he saved me. Um, he radically saved me. And honestly, I've never been the same now. Uh, almost 20 years later, I've, I've just never been the same. But I'll never forget that as a young Christian, I, I was so on fire for God. I was I was seeking God with all of my heart. I was in the Word. I was I was at every church service possible. I was I was listening to uh, this. If I could take you way back, was listening to audio tapes of of preachers. I was listening. To, I was watching Christian TV. I mean, all this stuff. And one day I came upon a a scripture, or excuse me, a a audio message of a preacher, and um. He, he began to talk about God in, in such a foreign way than what I had experienced because I had experienced grace. I had experienced life. I had experienced peace. I had experienced joy. I, I had the joy of God's salvation like Psalm 51 talks about. But when I heard this message, it was, it was so condemning. It was so full of uh, just half-truths and yeah, I can't explain it. I can't explain it except to say that it was like a dark cloud of condemnation filled my car. And honestly, guys, I was never the same. For years and years and years, my view of God changed. I no longer saw God as loving and gracious and caring. I saw him as, as mean and angry. I saw him the way that Greek mythology would tried to explain uh, God with a lightning bolt in one hand, just ready to strike me down at, at any mistake and at any, any shortcoming. I stopped running to God. I, I began to run away from God. But, but here's the interesting thing. I, I didn't run away from God in practice. I was in church all the time. I was still praying. I was still worshiping. I was still in my word, but it was no longer from a place of love. It was no longer from a place of joy. It was from a place of fear. The joy left. The motive changed. And what really happened is my heart grew cold 
towards God. Why? Because I thought God's heart towards me was cold. You know, it is possible to serve God and not love God. It's possible to obey God with dread. Um, it's, it's possible to be obedient, but to not have that obedience and that service to be heartfelt. It's no longer from a place of love and worship and relationship. It's from, it's from a place of fear. It's from a place of, of doubt. And what I thought about when I thought about God, what I talked about when I talked about God, radically changed. And now because my relationship with God was cold and my relationship with God was, was from a place of rules and regulations, from a place of fear of, man, if I don't do enough good, I'm, I'm not going to get to God. It changed me. It changed my heart. Um, it changed how I saw him. So friend, what we think about when we think about God is so important. What we talk about when we talk about God is so important. Why we do what we do for God is so important. What is the posture of our heart when we pray and worship? See, friend, all of us have an inner dialogue about who God is. <laughs> we all have an inner dialogue. This is so important that you get this. So here is the prayer of the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 through 19. Um, man, I hope this just hits your spirit. It's so, it's so powerful. It's so important. And honestly, this might be a, a message that you're going to have to listen to over and over again, because we have got to let that condemnation leave us, that inner dialogue of guilt and fear leave us so we can fully press in to our relationship with God. The Apostle Paul said this, Ephesians chapter 3, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through the Spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Now notice this, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. So notice the way we see God and experience God is going to affect our root system, our core, the very foundation of our life. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should. Now, I want you to catch that word, should. What that means is that not everybody does, but everyone should understand. And, and here's what we should understand, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Wow. Paul said, you can't fully understand it, but you can experience it. Did you catch that? May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Paul said, guys, some of this is, is caught, not taught. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. You go, Jabin, well, how do I how do I understand that God loves me? How do I how do I change what I talk about when I talk about God? How do I change the way I think when I think about God? Friend, it happens in prayer. You literally begin to pray, God, let me understand, or let me, excuse me, let me experience it. It's too great to understand, but let me experience how much you love me. 
God, I, I should know. I should be able to experience how wide and how long and how high and how deep your love is. But Lord, I don't because I struggle with shame and condemnation. I struggle with, with not measuring up. I'm God, I'm dealing with all this stuff. And friend, God will help you. But it doesn't just happen by wanting it to happen. It happens by prayer. Because see, this whole thing was a prayer. Did you catch that in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16? He said, I pray. Jabin, how do I understand the love of God? You pray, Holy Spirit, reveal how much God loves me. Holy Spirit, reveal how much God loves me. Now, let me t talk to you about three, quickly, three inner dialogues that most of us have and how God can help you. In Matthew 25, verse 24, Jesus is telling the parable of, of three different men. And the Bible said that the master gave them talents. He gave them literally money. And he said, I want you to do something with this money. And I want you to understand that right off the bat, God is a giver. God is a blesser. God is one who gives opportunity. Are you catching that? He, he, he talks to these three guys and he said, I'm going to give you money. I'm going to give you opportunity. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the opportunity to be blessed. So God gives these men money and he says, I want you to steward this money. And we know the story. The one multiplies it. The second one multiplies it. But the third one, he hides it in the ground. When the master who is, who is Jesus calls an account and he says, what have you done with what I've given you? The, the, the man said this, this is Matthew 25, 24. I knew you were a hard man. Now I just want you to catch this. Why would he say that? Because he wasn't a hard man. He was a blesser. He was a multiplier. He was an, he was an opportunity giver. I mean, God was so gracious. And yet to this man, he didn't see God that way. He saw him as, I knew you were a hard man. See, he had an inner dialogue of fear. What did this man talk about when he talked about God? He talked about fear. What did this man think about when he thought about God? He thought about fear. And because of that, it stopped his life because the way that I see God and the way that I think about God and the way that I talk about God is shaping my life. And for this man, he missed out on a great blessing because he, he did not see God for who he was. It's the voice of fear. Secondly, I see the voice of religion. This is Luke chapter 15. The Bible said that the prodigal son finally came to his senses. And he said this, this is Luke 15, 17 through 19. The Bible said that, that the prodigal son finally said, you know what? I'll just go back to my father's house and I'll become a hired servant. And I love how it says it in Luke 15. It says, he said to himself, maybe the father will take me back as a hired servant. See, he said to himself, he, the, the, the man in Matthew 25, he knew it. In other words, thinking. Luke chapter 15, the prodigal son said to himself, he had an inner dialogue and he said, maybe I can just go and just be a hired servant for my father. Think about that. He had an inner dialogue about who his father 
was, and it was wrong. And when he finally went to his father's house, you'll have to read this later. The father did not make him a hired servant. The father said, my son was dead, but now alive. My son was lost, but now is found. And he clothed him and he fed him and he celebrated him and he honored him, though he was not worthy of honor. Maybe you have a religious inner dialogue where you're just going, well, I'll just, I'll just be a hired servant for God. And God's saying, no, I want you to be my son. I want you to be my daughter. I don't want you to just work for me. I want you to work with me. And I don't want this to just be about work. I want it to be about relationship. I want to clothe you. I want to feed you. I want to celebrate you. I want to know you. I want to sing over you. I want to bless you. Finally, there's the last inner dialogue that I want to talk about. This is from Matthew chapter 9. Verse 21, the Bible said that there was a woman with the issue of blood. And as she saw Jesus passing by, the Bible said this, she said to herself. What do you talk about when you talk about God? She said to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be healed. See, friends, she had a positive inner dialogue. What do you do when tragedy strikes if I can just get to Jesus? What do you do when when you get a, a, a terrible doctor's report if I can just encounter Jesus? What do you do when it feels like your world is falling apart if I can just get close to Jesus, if I can just encounter his presence? See, she knew that God was not the cause of her pain. God was the cure for her pain. She said to herself, And see, we're all saying something about God. I'm just asking you to say the right things. What do you talk about when you talk about God? What do you think about when you think about God? I pray that this scripture would change your view. God is not mean. God is not angry with you. And God is not frustrated. You, O Lord, are good. And you only do good. And friend, my encouragement to you is run to him. Pray to him. Worship him. Get those scriptures in Ephesians chapter 3 deep in your heart and just fill your mind. Renew your mind. Renew your mind. Wash your mind. Let those scriptures wash away religion and fear and condemnation and shame and worry. And let those scriptures fill your heart with his love. In Jesus name. Listen, I love you, friends. I'm, uh, I'm so grateful um, that God has brought us together on some level. And um, I just thank God for you. Pray for us as we pray for you. And uh, I believe that your best days are in front of you. I believe um, that you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Renew your mind, fill your mind, and fill your heart with God's love. God's presence, God's word. And um, I know that God's going to bless you for it. In Jesus' name, we'll see you real soon.